All right, everybody, we are back with another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast where we dive into what's working, what isn't working, some badass financial principle tips. Today, we have a badass guest who's managing shoot seven plus million a year on Facebook and Instagram ads. We got Zarak from Diamond Goose, which is a kind of more of an advertising company that specializes in fashion and luxury brands. You know, um, and that's why, like, especially the DTC community, they're always talking about like increased customer lifetime value, blah, 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 blah. That takes time. I'm not going to wait a year and like just bleed money until then, hoping the LTV increases. Um, you really need to just figure out a way to become as efficient as you can. And, you know, don't be in a rush to scale. Just get the proportions right. Scaling will come in due time. Don't scale. Um, and get a customer acquisition at all costs because we're part of it. You're listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Rock, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Pumped to have you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, great to be here. Definitely. Heck yeah. So give everybody a little background of yourself, kind of how you got started in this. So everybody has some kind of context here. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been advertising for the better part of almost five years. And I'd like to say on Facebook exclusively for since about 2016, uh, mid 2016. And I started when I had like my first brand and then I did that for a while. Um, then I got really lucky. I was able to sell that one on and that was a streetwear company um, only to start another one two months later. And then I did that um, and I sold that one and I just wanted to take a break. It was, you know, early 2019, I wanted to take a break and then I got right back into it. And I realized I'm not really a huge product person, but I really love advertising things. And I think that's the only reason I saw any amount of success, not because the product was great, um, but because we were able to sell it and advertise it well. So I started taking on clients. And then I also took over uh, as head of e-commerce and digital strategy for Naked Wolf, which is a uh, streetwear, high fashion footwear brand um, specifically women's sneakers more than anything. And that was a really, really cool learning experience. And then, um, you know, up, I think up until June or July this year, I decided to leave, um, and pursue advertising for my clients full time and kind of give them my undivided attention. Um, and you know, it's been really fun. Um, now I think the main focus is really just expanding the company, but simultaneously just giving the current clients I have the best service imaginable. Um, because I think that that always does come first. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, and, and that's what keeps the retention up is that kind of white glove service these days. So, I mean, it sounds yeah. like you're perfect on track there, but it's kind of cool. You started with your own brand. A lot of advertisers we know came in through an agency to where you just kind of tested on your, yourself with your own budget. So, I mean, that's super one-off and badass. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of media buyers, especially at these agencies, they kind of go to college and they study marketing and, you know, that's cool. It was definitely cool, uh, especially like 20 years ago when um, the, the syllabus was on time. But now, you know, they're kind of leaving, they're joining these advertising companies, and they're managing big accounts. And, uh, you know, that's okay, if they can do it well, but I think there's no better experience and practice. And 
you know, what makes better practice than putting your own money on the line doing so? Um, hell yeah, you know. That. Oh, without a doubt. I think I, I boosted my first post in college for our hockey team because, uh-huh. um, like, we're in Texas and no one knew about hockey. And I kind of fell into it with a random gig at Facebook with a random employment on Indeed. So, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting how all these individuals kind of come into this advertising world. But, man, that's that's a badass story there. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's funny. I've, I've really, um, you know, the first advertisement, I don't, I don't even call it an advertisement. I, I did boost a post for about 10 <laughs> that, that was all I had in 2013. Um, and it wasn't even my content. And, you know, like there was this big thing on Facebook where there's like reposting videos on one of those pages. Um, so I think it was a video of some guy like freaking out on a subway and, um, I just downloaded the video and posted it. And I said, like my page for more videos, I gave it 10 bucks and ads were really not competitive back then. So it got a lot of traction very quickly. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was like the first advertisement per se, and there was no targeting, no nothing, but it, it did what I needed it to do. Oh man. The organic reach back in the day was unreal too. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's changed so much. <laughs> yeah. But heck yeah, man. So I know we're going to be diving into one of your clients' ads. It's, it's you know, you've been with them for a while. I'm kind of pumped to dive into this one because I got some questions on it for sure. But go everybody, go ahead and give everybody kind of a little backstory on it. And just so everybody's aware, this will be in the show notes. So we'll have a screenshot of the ad for reference. Um, but kind of break it down for us and, you know, how to do. Yeah, absolutely. So this is from my client, New Girl Order, and they're um, a women's, um, I'd say, mid-market fashion brand. Um, you know, one of my favorite clients, actually, and they work on, like, seasonal drops, kind of like how streetwear brands do it. So, for example, um, earlier this year, they had a Hello Kitty campaign. They actually collaborated with Hello Kitty, and it did extremely well. And now this one, it's called Camden, and Camden is just a little uh, subsect of London, which is where New Girl Order is based, it's based in London. Um, so this collection was almost a polar opposite of Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty was, you know, really bright colors, kind of friendly and inclusive. And then the Camden was really like a bad bitch kind of brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, I don't know how this is going to work because we've just been giving it two months of Hello Kitty fans on the Facebook pixel. <laughs> but, um, you know, nonetheless, it did really, really well. It got the same CP. In fact, I think it got a little better CPA um, than the Hello Kitty campaign. And the cool thing about this is there was no clear CTA. If I kind of watch the ad, like it takes me a little while. To, if I was a brand new customer, like, wait, what is this? You know? Um, but then I think if you have a brain cell, you'll realize, oh, this is clothing uh, or this is fashion. Um, and that's the, that's the kind of thing with like fashion and luxury brands. I know with a lot of these like utility-based products, you have to make it clear. This is toothpaste. Um, this is a drink. This is... Uh, work from home sweatpants, which look like shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, with fashion, it's not like that. You're really just selling a creative image. You're really just selling a brand and then people will catch on and um, they'll make the purchase. So with the Camden video, uh, man, I wish I was on the set, but it was, I saw it. It was absolutely crazy. And it was, they kind of filmed it like how they're filming a TV commercial almost. And mm. You know, a lot of things that media buyers say is, oh, you know, TV commercial content doesn't work. You just have to film it on your living room with a 2007 Android phone and people love it. And <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the case if you're selling like a crappy product with like a $20 AOV. But I think when you're selling fashion, you really have to sell the brand and you have to have cool content. 
you know, UGC is absolutely great, but it doesn't work all the time. Um, and it doesn't work in luxury, um, for sure. Oh, big time. People, you know, when it's luxury, they're paying top dollar. So if your creative's not top dollar, they can they can realize that really quick, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I feel like this, this ad for New Girl Order, it was like, it would be great for a brand awareness campaign because it's just like a video. Um, and you can kind of get some engagement off it. But our goal was really to get some conversions. Um, so with obviously some tips and tricks in the um, betting strategy, it still comes down to the content. So I was really happy to find out that that was like one of the best ads we've done. And um, I think we're kind of, I hope we kind of go more into that, that type of creative in the future. Obviously it's at the discretion of the creative director and, and what have you, but I think that did extremely well. And I'd love for that kind of stuff to continue. Um, and it was a really, really cool collection. That's uh, one I'm definitely proud of. Now, when it comes to the ad itself, can you share how the kind of the results were? Was it able to, you know, the kind of ROAS, you know, examples? Was it like 3X, 2X? Um, or is that kind of something you can kind of speak on? Yeah, absolutely. So this was a prospecting ad. I don't really, I didn't want to put it on the bottom of the funnel because you're following the, we posted it organically on Instagram as well, which I think is worth mentioning. Um, but we posted it later. So this was a prospecting audience and it was, you know, we used lookalikes, we used uh, interests, and then we separated the interests so there was no overlap and detailed targeting expansion, all that stuff was turned off. Um, so we did that and we were getting about a four to five pound, which is I think six bucks, six bucks 20 CPA on the purchase event. Uh, and then the ROAS was just above five. Um, the campaign isn't that old, but also it's a campaign, so it's not going to be around in a couple of weeks anyway, um, which is why it's really important, especially in fashion. You know, you cannot just have this ad running for two months and change the copy and stuff. You don't have time. In a month, it's gone. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's just one of the challenges we have. But I think it was good. Um, the prospecting for a prospecting audience, I think a five X is really good. Oh yeah, man! I, if you, somebody can put in a dollar and get five out for cold audiences, that's dump fuel the fire, man. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, I, mean, I was like really happy with that. Um, you know, especially for something. I mean, it's not like fast fashion. Fast fashion, you're selling stuff for like ten, twenty bucks. This this isn't that. Yeah. Um, you know, this is at least forty, forty something bucks on average. Now, in the copy, the, the, the first thing I noticed was it's got like crazy font. Is oh, yeah, that, old English font. Is Have you ever – I've personally never done those before because I'm always like worried about policy and stuff, but no issues? Not a single issue. Knock on wood, we'll, boom, boom. Knock on wood, no issues. Um, You know, we, we do post these things a little – like we know when the collection is going to drop, so we'll post it two, three days early. Something goes wrong, we'll fix it, and then we'll publish it later, but – uh, no, the old English font went through, and I don't think it should really be a problem. Um, funnily enough, policy violation wasn't something I was expecting. If there was going to be one, I'd be like, okay, this video. But no, uh, all good. Yeah, and I mean, the copy is just so simple. Shop the new collection now. I mean, oh, yeah. it's the, the, the creative speaks for itself in this scenario. I mean, they got the crazy hair, looking at the camera, the popping lips. I mean, that's thumb-stopping power right there, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you just got to look at your audience, you know, they're, they're typically women who like buying clothes, and they they have a little more of an and a little more of an eccentric taste than most. Um, so you don't want to like, I don't want to tell them uh, free delivery, if you spend over this or ships within X amount of days. Um, oh God, they, they, they're they not going to give a fuck. Let's be real. 
Um, <laughs> no, you're spot on. Yeah, click, click on the website and find out the delivery because then I can retarget you if you don't buy it. Um, um, but, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, the collection is called Camden. Click it to check it out. Um, I really just wanted to divert the attention to the video. I, I feel really... like it has that curiosity aspect to it that just reels people in. So that CTR had to have been mean. <laughs> it was good. It was stupid. I, you know, CTR is actually one of those metrics I don't really look at because I just think it's not that important. I know we have this discussion. You have five metrics. Um, you know, I look at the cost. I look at the value. I look at the ROAS and I look at the CPM. Nothing else matters to me. Oh, you're spot on. And I mean, everybody, it, it could just have a very clickbaity ad. That's just, people want to click that see more. So, I mean, it doesn't judge sales by any means at all. It's just, it's a glamour metric. You know, it's, it's one of those ones to flex on that shouldn't need flexing. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing as conversion rate. You know what I mean? Like you can spend hours and hours and hours making your site so refined, but if the Facebook algorithm decides to send you shit traffic, you know, you're wondering what did I do wrong? Well, the answer is nothing besides think about conversion rate. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, you're spot on there. And I mean, that's quite a rich ad though. Five X on cold audiences, straight fire, man. So of course, yeah, they're one of my favorite clients, man. They have such a good, it's, it's not just the ad, their product market fit is insane. I, I mean, it, yeah, it, it makes it nice when they have a creative director and a creative team involved too, to really go above and beyond to kind of really create converting content. I should, you know, I should say. Oh yeah, dude. I know Lauren who runs her um, social media and content. Um, got like top two or top three in the game. Ooh, hell yeah. Oh yeah. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Nash's ad card. The only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out ad card. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. Well, everybody, that's quite a rich ad. As mentioned, we'll pop this bad boy in the show notes. And we're going to move into this poor ad segment. We got a, it's, it's quite shocking. Um, it's a, we're going to go ahead and shout the brand out. Body Candy, Body Jewelry. Um, happy Hump Day. Shop our new jewelry here. And the image is atrocious. I can't tell if it's a blueberry or some sort of frosting on there. But it's hashtag, hashtag tongue piercing live, you know. <laughs> First of all, let's get something out of the way that that image is fucking dumb. I, I'm not going to go for the whole thing of an advertisement is good because it catches your attention. doesn't really matter if it makes me feel sick. 
um, you know, you're selling body jewelry and then in the same image, you're telling people that a tongue piercing is a huge inconvenience. Like, first of all, if I hated myself enough to get a tongue piercing, I don't want to be reminded of the inconveniences it has. Um, you know, and also it's just a weird image, you know, it's, it took me a minute to understand until I read that hashtag. I was like, I can't see why there's a line. And I'm like, Oh, she was licking the top of that cupcake. And that's what caused that line was a tongue piercing. First so of I'm, all, people don't even like eat ice cream like that. I don't think people really, you know, kind of bite ice cream more than anything. I feel um, it's pretty gross. Uh, yeah. It was just weird. And dude, like, again, I had to read the caption to figure out what the image was, which I think is bad. Oh, and the best part is, is their landing page goes to belly button rings. <laughs> I don't know where you're putting the ice cream, but <laughs> yeah. um, oh god, That's... it's it's dumb, man, and it's crazy because it's not coming from like some idiot brand. Like they clearly have a lot of Instagram followers and a huge Facebook. One of the only brands I know which has a huge Facebook page and an okay Instagram. They have a million Facebook likes, um, and half a million Instagram likes uh, follows. Even they should be doing better. They should yeah. not. That's that's odd creative for their demographic, without a doubt. And it, I'm personally not a fan of having the link like that and the copy with no CTA or headline at the bottom, personally. Everybody <laughs> has their own ways, but I mean, this ad is just, it's just not native looking at all, and it's kind of gross. Well, I, I don't understand why you'd ever put the link in the copy if you're putting it on Instagram and Facebook. If you're putting the link in the copy, put it on Facebook, but don't put it on Instagram. It looks dumb. I can't even click it, by the way. Exactly. Um, and there's like a big button at the bottom of the image saying shop now. Like, you know, use that text and use it as like little real estate Instagram gives you to say something. And when that's your image, got to be saying a lot. Because oh, I was like a second away from reporting that ad because I thought it was something very different. <laughs> there's some, yeah, there's some guys who get, get away with some lucrative stuff, but that's quite a poor ad. That's, that's a trash ad. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like a great cloaking attempt, but no, it was just a shitty creative. Well, shit, man. We'll go ahead and wave those two segments out of the way. So, of course, the final piece of the pie in these scenarios, we'd love to take a page out of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. You know, give some sort of financial principles, some sort of tips out there. You know, as mentioned, we've spoken about scaling, using points for Bitcoin, um, setting up partnerships with clients, influencers. So we have a wide array of, you know, our audience of media buyers, businesses, agencies. So, I mean, based on your experience, kind of what you're getting into, what are some financial tips you'd kind of give somebody in your situation, whether it's coming up with budgets, scaling all over the place, but what kind of financial tip would you kind of throw out there? Yeah, well, I think if you're working for e-commerce brands, you really need to just really, you need to come to the acceptance that the return on ad spend needs to be a lot higher for them to get, you know, a better bottom line. That's just how it goes. You can get one to two X, um, you know, on an app install and, you know, you're all good. But if you're spending, especially if you're spending on a lower budget, you're getting a two to three X return. Sometimes it's just not enough. You have to accept that some brands just need a five, six, seven, maybe a four X to become really profitable. And you have to work really hard to get that. Um, but you should also talk with your client and figure out how much they actually want to dedicate in relation to their revenue on the ad spend. And I feel like if you dedicate 15% of revenue to your ad spend uh, and you're doing somewhat of a decent job, you're really hitting it in the park for them. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a 
that's a good little spot there because i mean i know even zach would throw some numbers out but i mean he was looking at a semblance where most businesses they're spending 40 percent of what they're making on ads maybe how you, you know factor in cost of goods factor in payroll factor in these ridiculous software fees 40 percent on acquisition is not healthy it's not scalable and it's 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 why people need venture capital because they want to just throw more and more money at it hoping it'll get better at some point in time when the reality is Facebook is getting more expensive. Um, shout out to drop shippers for fucking it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, it's getting more expensive and 40% just doesn't make it. It's not going to make you a lot of money and it leaves very, very little room for you to experiment with other things. And if one little thing goes wrong, suddenly you're not profitable. It's just demotivating if anything, you know, um, and that's why, like, especially the DTC community, they're always talking about, like, increased customer lifetime value, blah, 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 blah. That takes time. Oh, hell yeah. I'm not going to wait a year and, like, just bleed money until then, hoping the LTV increases. Um, you really need to just figure out a way to become as efficient as you can. And, you know, don't be in a rush to scale. Just get the proportions right. Scaling will come in due time. Don't scale um, and get a customer acquisition at all costs. Now, do you have these conversations with your clients in advance to kind of help them understand what their budget is? Or is this something you kind of roll with out of the gate? Or is this something you have when you start every relationship, essentially? Yeah, well, I think it's it's definitely a conversation I have with my clients. And it's really up to them. Like if they want to spend everything they can to acquire customers and profit doesn't matter to them. And in fashion and luxury, that hasn't happened to me once. I'll do it. If that's what they want, I'll do it. But really, I just want to go over how much their cost of goods are on average, what you know, what their gross margins are. Because some people don't know. Like I say, what return do you want? And they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, let me find out. <laughs> because I, if, if it's a two, that might make somebody happy, but it's not going to make you happy because your margins aren't high. Um, yeah. On fast fashion, you need to hit it big. Because yeah, you're selling products for six, seven bucks. Okay, fair enough. It costs you a buck. You have four bucks to play with. So now that Q4 is kind of coming up, I've been asking this question a lot. I love it. I think it's super juicy. We all have accounts that are going to be doubling budgets, you know, if not more. How do yeah. you help pl- your clients plan for that? Do you have that conversation a month ago, now, next month, just to kind of hype them up to let them know? Once it's on fire, we got to feel that fire. So do you have extra cash flow? Can your inventory handle it? Can your production handle it? I'm kind of curious how you're incorporating that for the whole Q4 shenanigans that we're all about to get into. <laughs> yeah, so before I actually take a client on, I ask them, how responsive is your supply chain? And, and, that's all right now. and that's an important question. And it's because if we find something which hits the park and we do need to scale it or it's like a sales season, we need to know if you can even do it. Um, I don't want to like triple your ad spend and you have to take pre-orders and they get lost somewhere because pre-orders don't work ever. Um, you know, we, we really want to find that stuff out. And as far as discussions go, um, we asked, we asked them a month ago, especially for luxury brands, black Friday, cyber Monday is coming up. I don't want you to feel pressured to go onto a sale because it can damage the brand in some cases, but do you want to offer your customer something? And some of them will say like, hell yeah, we'll go on sale. And some of them are like, yeah, but let's just give them, like 10% off. Like <laughs> I call it a fuck you discount. Like here's it. Um, and then some of them are just like, no, we don't, we don't want to acknowledge it even as a thing. 
Um, and that's cool. Um, I think too many sales does destroy your brand and you're going to become that brand, which is always on sale. Um, or you could be a way where you go on sale once and you completely fuck it up, um, which is even worse. But, you know, we talked about it a month ago. So that would have been August. So we have quite a lot of leg room. And then we say, okay, um, content, let's talk about it now. What content are you going to give me? Um, what content do you want to do? And then we'll kind of say things like, how much do you want to spend? Um, and then here's how much we suggest you spend. If you're comfortable doing it, you know, let's run it. I'm never going to suggest something which is going to make them feel uncomfortable. Like if a company is making 200 grand a month in revenue, I'm not going to say spend 500 grand on this season. It's just dumb. Um, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, we just really just talk about the content, how we're going to deliver it. And we give them a lot of time. And the reason that is, is because if you're running a Black Friday, Cyber Monday campaign, I'm telling you now, um, get it in review two weeks ahead of time. Two weeks ahead of time, if you're like really late, as early as you can, get it in review and then turn it off um, or schedule it. Because those review times at that time of the year are going to be ridiculous. Especially the elections and shit, I feel like, too. I think that's another huge wrench in the whole freaking system. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That That's not helping at all. And, you know, um, I think that political we've had we've had it quite a lot, actually, like this ad is not political and you're saying it's political. <laughs> that's um, what happened to me today, today. We were talking about it earlier. I was like, it's not even political. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we have this one brand who's like, like selling T-shirts to vote. And the second they release that, I'm like, please don't advertise this. <laughs> um, and I'm like, is it political? Kind of. Yes. No. I mean, it's not really leaning either way. You can vote for anybody. I think the political thing is just uh, the political ads don't make sense to me. Like the whole filter and the verifying your identity. Um, what are you going to do if I post a dirty political ad and you know who I am? I don't think Facebook's going to do anything, really. Um, it's just slowing things down. And also because of COVID, there are just not enough people to review these things either. 100%. So you have the ridiculous review times from Black Friday. You have the election coming up. So you're going to have a lot of false flagging for political ads. And then you have half of Facebook's workforce, like not even being there to check. And the other half doesn't know what they're doing anyway. So you got to really just get that stuff in early. Plan, plan, plan. Oh, yeah. Plan, you know. Um, and if you have brands from like Europe and the United Kingdom, plan for um, boxing like the day after Christmas. That's like a big sales event. And if you have customers in China, plan for Singles Day. Um, you should have been planning for Singles Day already because that comes before Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, and Singles Day makes way more money than Black Friday. I never, I learned that last year too. And I was like, damn, I didn't know that was so heated. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, hell yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's great. It makes sense in a sense, like, you know, especially for fashion and luxury. It's the Chinese people buying it anyway, more than anybody. They have um, great fashion, man. They they, they can dress. Love it. I mean, you know, Asian people dress really cool. Chinese people they have like, the best dress sense. So, um, I think Singles Day is an absolutely fantastic opportunity. And because Shopify sites load funny in China, and you have to all do all these, sometimes you have to hire a company to get you into the market. It's that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh, they're using different stuff. They're not even using Instagram like that. It's, if you're not using a VPN, it's banned. Um, and you know, a lot of these brands would be gone tomorrow if Instagram went. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, you gotta, if you want to get into the Chinese market in any way, you can host a singles day sale. You'll get some customers. 
Um, and then when you really want to expand into China, which I think every single brand should be doing, getting into China, um, that could potentially double your income over the next few years. Ooh, we're going to have to have another conversation about this on the Chinese side of things, man. Yeah, I had like four or five big companies come in talking about Chinese expansion and the plan and everything. And it's not cheap, but it's definitely profitable. Um, in fact, one company who's really big at it actually like bought MSN in China. Oh, shit. Yeah, which is That's huge. Yeah, but I think it's really important. I mean, I'm, it's, it's a weird statistic, but they're like 25% of global e-commerce or something stupid like that. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, and they have money. And uh, you should be selling where people have money. It's that simple. My God, man, this has been super juicy, super valuable, super insightful. So give everybody kind of an insight. You know, how can we help you? You know, what do you have cooking in the kitchen next? What are you looking forward to? And how can people kind of get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I really want to make sure everything I do for my clients is fantastic work. So we, we here's the thing. We don't take... Um, just, we don't have a form on our website to kind of get in touch. We want to find people, um, and scope them out and check them out. Um, and also we only do like fashion and luxury brands. That's for two reasons. I think if you're selling an app or like a solar panel, I'm not the guy for you. Cause I don't really give a fuck about either of those two things. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to advertise it, but you know, if you have a fashion and luxury brand, I, I think I'd be really, I think I'd probably like it. I think we could do a really good job at it. And, you know, um, I know for a fact that we can advertise fashion and luxury better than an agency who sells everything. Uh, so long as you pay them. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, just email me Z A R A K at diamondgoose.com, or you can check out our website, just diamondgoose.com. Um, yeah, just connect. Even if you're not like a potential client or anything, you're just in the space. Like, you know, hit me up. I always like talking to people and just, you know, I'm shooting the shit. So Definitely. Um, that's where you can kind of get get at me. Right now, we're just kind of in build mode, um, really working to get our clients the best year after a terrible year of just terrible year culturally and mentally and physically for a lot of people. Um, we just want to make sure their businesses are okay. So we want to close the year in a fantastic note. We want to bring some really cool new clients in, um, but that comes second to making what we have already working. Um, and that's really kind of what we're doing right now. Um, it, I wish I could say something more interesting, but like the fact of the matter is, man, we're in advertising. It's not as cool or <laughs> a rock star thing as DTC Twitter makes it out to be. Uh, you're a marketing guy, dude. Like that's, that's how it is. Um, yeah. And speaking of Twitter, y'all make sure you follow him. I mean, he dropped some bombs some funny shit. So, I mean, Twitter, oh, yeah. it's some good stuff. So make sure to give Zorak a follow on Twitter, man. Yeah, man, it's it's more like a shit posting page. It's not like a LinkedIn page, but you know, um, I, I, I like to call it out as as it is, and it's not always well received, but it's always the truth. Hell yeah, man! Well, I've enjoyed this one thoroughly, man. Thank you so much for jumping on, and it was an absolute pleasure. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. Um, I hope I wasn't too nervous. It's actually the first podcast, but um, absolutely loved it, man. Um, you know, um, check out Funnel Dash as well. Hell yeah. Thanks so much for
for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoorad.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funnel-dash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoorad.com. To leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.